today on Hardwired. Great Tribulation is the seven-year time period where God pours out 21 ferocious, terrible judgments on a Christ-rejecting, blaspheming, idol-worshiping, sorcery-involved, witchcraft-involved world. It happens in a seven-year time period. And at the end of that seven-year time period, it will climax with the War of Armageddon. You're listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. It's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and hear about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference as it's hardwired into your life, your relationships, and your future. You may be stuck in traffic or maybe even stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help you get on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. And if for any reason you have to break away before the end of the program, you can always catch it at our website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. So let's go ahead and get right into today's message. Here's Pastor Jeff to set it up for us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us and making us a part of your busy day. Well, on Hardwired, we've been going through the book of Revelation. We're in the final half. And today we're beginning chapter 18. And in chapter 18, we literally have John predicting that Babylon, ancient Babylon, is going to literally be physically reborn during the Great Tribulation time period. Well, we're going to look at evidence that that's already happening right now. And certainly the stage is set for chapter 18 to be completely fulfilled. So, without any further ado, let's grab a Bible, something to write with, and let's jump right into chapter 18 of the book of Revelation, and Babylon is reborn. Let's go. But last time you and I were together, we saw that Antichrist is going to rise. He's going to appear on the scene out of a revived Roman Empire. Now, follow with me. Not the actual Roman Empire, but the characteristics of the Roman Empire. What were the characteristics? They were antichrist. They were tyrannical. They were oppressive. They persecuted the truth. The Romans worshiped literally false gods. Many Christians were put to death because they refused to say that Caesar was God instead of Christ. And so they were put to death because there was Caesar worship and there was all kinds of idol worship. All the Romans did was they took the Greek gods, Greek mythological gods, and renamed them and adopted them. But that's what they did. So they worshiped Zeus and all this other nonsense. And uh, so they had this polytheism, which means many gods, not just one. And that's the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire, oppressive, persecutorial, very, very harsh, tyrannical. So there's going to be a revival of the Roman Empire, the characteristics of it. And we've shown that's going to be in Europe because that's where Rome was. Rome, the city of seven hills. And John mentions that in the Revelation. But it says, we looked last time, that Messiah, Jesus, will ultimately crush his kingdom at the close of the Great Tribulation. Great Tribulation is the seven-year time period where God pours out 21 ferocious, terrible judgments on a Christ-rejecting, blaspheming, 
idol worshiping, sorcery involved, witchcraft involved world. It happens in a seven year time period. And at the end of that seven year time period, it will climax with the war of Armageddon happening in the Valley of Megiddo. I've stood there myself. I've looked at the Valley of Megiddo. It's this beautiful valley of lush fruit trees and all kinds of foliage. It's gorgeous. But Napoleon stood at the Valley of Megiddo and prophesied, not knowing it was prophesying, and said the armies of the world could fight here. Napoleon said that. Well, guess what? They will. So it ends with that. And when that war is about to wipe out the entire human race, Jesus said, if those days were not shortened, no flesh would be saved. So right at the climax of that war, when it looks like mankind is going to be annihilated, we've got the weapons to do it today. It could happen today. Mankind has the weapons to take himself totally out. Christ will appear in the second coming of Christ in the clouds, and he will stop Antichrist and the war, cast him into the pit. What a great day that will be, along with the false prophet. And Jesus will then dispense with judgment. He described this judgment. He said, I'm going to separate the sheep from the goats. He calls the nations of the world before him, and he separates and distinguishes his from those that are not his. And he dispenses with judgment and rewards at the same time. Then he establishes the millennial kingdom of Christ. A thousand years of no devil, no sickness, no disease, lion laying down with the lamb, peace, 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 because Jesus, who will not be voted in, he will take over. There will be no election. God elected him. And he will rule the world with a rod of iron and a scepter of righteousness. Amen. Now, Daniel was told by an angel. He had a vision and he said, as you watched, Daniel, this is Daniel chapter 2, 34. As you watched, a rock was cut out from a mountain, but not by human hands. It struck the feet of iron and clay, smashing them to bits. The feet of iron and clay is the revived Roman Empire. If you've been here with us, you know that. But the feet of iron and clay is the revived Roman Empire, and he will smash it to bits. The whole statue was crushed into small pieces of iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold. Then the wind blew them away without a trace, like shaft on a threshing floor. But the rock that knocked the statue down became a great mountain that covered the whole earth. Well, the rock is the rock that does not roll. Amen? The rock is Jesus Christ the rock of offense, the chief cornerstone. That's who that's talking about. The stone cut without hands out of the mountain is Jesus Christ, the rock of ages, who will return to earth to destroy the one world revived Roman Gentile government headed by the Antichrist. He will. Now, I know this sounds very dramatic, and it almost sounds like something somebody would sit down and write. But remember, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ given to his servant, John. The word is apocalypsis, and what it means is something that has always been hidden, but now it's revealed. So we get to read something tonight, study something tonight, that for ages and ages was hidden to mankind, 
but now we are privy to it. Amen. So we ought to feel very, very blessed. Amen. So this time I want to explore if ancient Rome is already making a comeback. Is ancient Rome already making a comeback? Because the book of Revelation says it will be revived in its characteristics and in its location. So reading from John's Revelation in chapter 17, the revived Roman Empire is the eighth kingdom that we're about to read about. John speaks of in verse 11. Here's verse 11, Revelations chapter 17. The beast who once was and now is not is an eighth king. He belongs to the seven and he is going to his destruction. Now this eighth king who's over a kingdom will be the Antichrist and his kingdom during the tribulation. That's what he's talking about. He said it's going to consist of ten horns. What are the ten horns? He tells us ten nations that will offer their allegiance to the Antichrist when he comes into the fullness of his power. Ten nations are going to say, we're with you. We witness to you. We like you. Uh, for whatever reason, political or financial or otherwise, they're going to join themselves in an unholy allegiance with the Antichrist. So it'll be the Antichrist, the eighth kingdom, and the eighth king, and he will rule that kingdom with the help of ten other nations, the ten crowns. John writes the words of the angel, what the angel said to him. Verse 12, chapter 17. The ten horns you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but who for one hour, in other words, for a short time period, will receive authority as kings along with the beast. And look what he says. They have one purpose and will give their power and authority to the beast. The beast is Antichrist. They will make war against who, everybody? So when you say, well, this man is called Antichrist, he's called Antichrist for a reason, because he will be anti-Christ. Antichristos is the Greek phrase, and it means totally opposed to Christ and anything that has anything to do with Christ. Have you noticed? That's why John said many Antichrists have already gone out into the world. They're already there. And let me tell you something, folks. I'm beginning to realize as I talk to people who are not Christians and are definitely of other persuasions, and I do it regularly when I talk to them, there isn't just a, you know, I'm just not interested in that. I appreciate it. But no, there is a hostility that didn't used to be there. Listen, I've been witnessing to people a long time, my whole life, that I've never felt what I'm feeling now. It is anger. It is hostility. It is vitriol. It is venom against anything that has to do with Christ. And since I'm a pastor and I tell them I'm a pastor, oh, do they attack me? Oh, they attack me. Why? Because I'm friends with the one they hate. I belong to the one they hate. I preach the one they hate. So they hate me. Jesus said, if they hated me, talking about himself, they're going to hate you. Well, you know what? I've never experienced it like I am now. I'm okay. I'm a big boy. Listen, I can take it. I don't lose one wink of sleep. Not one. But I'm telling you, the temperature out there is changing. And it's going to separate the men from the boys, the real from the fake, real quick. As time goes on. You're going to watch people say, you know, I don't know about this church stuff. Well, I know I've been going to church for quite a while, maybe my whole life, but 
I'm not so sure anymore because, wow, there is such a hostility against us now. They hated me, they'll hate you. And then Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Now, in America, we've been sheltered. We've been in a bubble. We've been protected because we were built on a Judeo-Christian ethic. You do know that. Don't allow the historical revisionists that are everywhere today to tell you otherwise. America was dedicated to God at its inception. All right? The Constitution is the Constitution that it is because the writers were influenced by the Judeo-Christian ethic and by the Bible. America would not be. I'm convinced of it, if not for the Great Awakening that preceded it when the early American colonies were baptized in revival through George Whitfield and John Wesley and Charles Wesley, that early Great Awakening team of preachers, Jonathan Edwards and others that changed the Western world. Pastor Jeff will be back in a moment, but first I wanna share a couple of thoughts with you. Now, you may not be able to stay with us for the entire program, but don't worry. You can find the program at our website, hardwired.org, along with all of the programs from Pastor Jeff. Also, we regularly get emails and calls from listeners just like you who tell us how much the program means to them. But we would love to hear from you too. So let me encourage you to connect with us by calling 877-884-3111 or through the website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org or call 877-884-3111. And now let's get back to Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. Then came the founding of America. Great Awakening was in the early 1700s. We were founded in the late 1700s. And I guarantee you the influence of that Great Awakening and of the Bible is all over America. You can't get it out of America. That is its founding. You can't deny it, but things are changing now. No, no, you you say anything especially if you go into the moral arena and you say the Bible says this about that, oh my, you better put on your armor because they're going to come at you for talking about what the Bible says about morals, homosexuality, lesbianism, fornication, trans whatever. Oh, they're going to come at you. This is free. This is not in my notes. I'm just talking out of my heart here because I know what I'm experiencing now. Every week, I'm seeing this rising anger. So, so many antichrists have already gone out into the world. That opposition to Christ is already there. But there's going to be a main, singular, male antichrist who's finally going to come on the scene. They'll make war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will overcome them because he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And with him will be his called, chosen, and faithful followers, you and me. Amen. Amen. It seems very plausible that Antichrist is going to seize leadership of either the United Nations or the European Union. And 10 of its member nations are going to give their allegiance to him. Now, I'm going to say that again. Now, track with me, because now we're seeing how how is he going to come on the scene? How is Rome going to be revived? How will this man seize power where he can wield power over the whole world? I'm going to suggest to you, it's only a suggestion All we can do right now is make a really studied, intelligent guess at how it might happen. But I think this really holds some water, all right? He's either going to take control of the United Nations 
or the European Union. And 10 member nations of either one of those will go with him. So, question, has Rome returned? Let's look at it. The key point of chapter 17 in your book of Revelation is the reemergence of Rome. The scarlet beast is what it's called, and the great harlot. And the great harlot, you'll remember, is the apostate religious system that is carried by the beast and works with the beast to persecute and martyr the tribulation saints. So you're going to have the political side of things that Antichrist will carry. You're going to have a religious arm of his initial rule, a religious arm that is called the great harlot. And that religious arm is going to be an apostate church, a mixture of many different religions, all put into one like a religious stew. Christ won't be at the center of it. The Bible won't be at the center of it, but it will call itself church. I watched today. Boy, I hesitate to go here, but I saw a YouTube today. I just said, Lord Jesus, help us all. Because here was this beautiful church building. Fabulous church building. I'd give anything to have this building. Beautiful. Stained glass. I mean, this thing was worth millions and millions of dollars. And it was packed with people. And the so-called minister, he wasn't, but that's what he said he was, stood up and introduced the Queen of New York. And down the aisle comes a drag queen. And both sides of this huge congregation stood up and cheered as he walked by, dressed in drag, and got up and spoke. Queen of New York? And I thought, last days, when right is called wrong and wrong is called right, dark is called light, light is called dark, bad is called good, and good is called bad, woe unto those, Isaiah said, who do that. But I thought, there is the apostate church. There is the great harlot in the making. There, right there, that kind of thing. That kind of thing, where it's all just, can't we just love one another? Love is the key. So you do what you want, and I'll do what I want. And you believe what you want, and I'll believe what I want. But as long as we love one another and come together in unity, the unity of love. And that's how it's going to happen, folks. It's going to be an apostate system. That's the great harlot. That's the great harlot. And it's forming right now. It's forming. A couple of thousand people cheering this in a church. It's very possible that the revival of the Roman Empire has in fact already begun in the form of the European Union. Now track with me. The European Union, do a little bit of history here. The European Union started in 1948 with Belgium, Holland, and Luxembourg. The European Union. From there it grew to, yes, 10 nations with the addition of Greece in 1981. But now there's 27 nations in it as of 2022. The rest that are connected somehow are associate members or they have observer status. But the European Union now consists of 27 different nations. Now, these statistics that I'm sharing with you tonight may be completely dated in three months because everything is in a state of flux and change. But the prophecy of Daniel and the prophecy of John, the revelator, are going to hold true regardless, I guarantee you, European, the, the Rome is going to be resurrected 
And I believe it may very well come by way of the European Union. Let me just look at some uncanny characteristics of the European Union. First, the EU has as its symbol a woman riding atop a beast. The statue on the screen is located outside the EU office in Brussels right now. A woman riding a beast. Am I a conspiracy theorist, conspiracy nut? No. But isn't that interesting? It's just interesting. Everybody say to me, interesting. Because John said, I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns, describing the revival of the Roman Empire. Now here's the EU, and that's their symbol. Not only that, I found a coin, an EU coin. Let's show that real quickly. What is it? A woman atop a beast, the symbol of the EU. Can that just kind of be an uncanny coincidence, or is there something to that? I don't know. I'm just showing you something that I find interesting. Everybody say interesting. See, I, to me, to me, are the million possible symbols for the EU they could have picked? I mean, anybody that deals with graphics and coming up with how are we going to depict what we stand for and all that, the fact that they've come up with that, and that's what John saw 20 centuries ago, interesting. The European Union is presently at the forefront of calling for Israel and the Palestinians to come to a peace table. And that's what Antichrist will do. Everybody follow me. Antichrist will broker a peace treaty between the Jews and the Arabs. And that's what will thrust him on to the world stage. He'll broker a peace treaty. He'll cause them to finally make a treaty to live in peace. Nobody's been able to do that. And many presidents have tried. It will be just such the European Union is presently at the forefront of trying to make that happen. Okay? It will be that kind of peace negotiation. According to Daniel chapter 9, verse 26 and 27, that will spawn a seven-year peace treaty orchestrated by Antichrist. If you were to wake up in the morning and you were to see that some European political leader has brokered a peace treaty between the Jews and Arabs and they're really sitting down at the table to sign it and they sign it, Lift up your head, because that is the start of the Great Tribulation. Amen? Amen? So I'm taking you where everything is headed according to the Word of God. Listen to what Isaiah calls this covenant. He says, this will be a covenant Israel makes with hell. Isaiah 28, 15. You boast. We've entered a covenant. Isaiah says, but with death. With the realm of the dead, we've made an agreement. When an overwhelming scourge sweeps by, it cannot touch us, for we have made a lie our refuge and falsehood our hiding place. The lie and the falsehood are the Antichrist. That's the Antichrist. I believe he's the great delusion Paul talks about in Thessalonians, where he says, because they didn't receive the love of the truth and the message of the truth. God will send them a strong delusion that they would believe not a lie, but he has the definite article in front of it. The lie, the one and only, the ultimate lie, the lie. Not any old lie, the lie. Well, what's the lie? It's the Antichrist. He'll be the lie. 
Paul says, when people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, all right, we got a peace treaty, everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin, and there will be no escape. The European Union's influence, that is revived Rome, is currently growing at a phenomenal rate. And it's clearly a candidate. It's a candidate. I'm not saying for sure, but I'm saying to me, it's certainly a leading candidate for this resurrection of the Roman Empire. No doubt about it. It may just be the scarlet beast with 10 heads. European Union. You've been listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. It would mean the world to us to know how the program has helped you today. So take a quick minute and give us a call, 877-884-3111. Or you can connect with us at our website, hardwired.org. And if you enjoy the program as much as we love bringing it to you, let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us. There are daily costs associated with the program, and we truly do depend on the faithful financial support of our listeners like you to allow us to be on this station. So please, consider partnering with us today with your gifts to this ministry. You can call us at 877-884-3111 or go to the website hardwired.org. Again, call 877-884-3111 or at our website hardwired.org. Thank you for your loyal partnership as we couldn't do this without you. And finally, Pastor Jeff is the founder and senior pastor of the vibrant Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're ever in the area, we hope you'll stop by and say hi. And let us know that you listen to the program. That would really make our day. And Pastor Jeff would love to meet you personally, too. So till next time, have a great day. And thanks so much for listening to Hardwired.